Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson passed his first budget, nearly $17 billion. But even with a 41 to 8 winning vote, some members of city council still had some concerns. Alder persons are on board with no tax increases and to keep police spending nearly flat. But dissenting members say there isn't nearly enough funding to support the ongoing care of migrants in the city. Joining us now to bring us up to speed on what this budget means for next year in Chicago is WBEZ city government and politics reporter Tessa Weinberg. Good morning, Tessa. Morning. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the ongoing migrant crisis. The budget line seemed to be of major concern for some alders. Mayor Johnson set aside $150 million to shelter and support migrants in this budget. Is that enough? You know, I think the mayor's administration has even acknowledged that probably won't be enough to get the city through next year. You know, this spending plan that was just passed is for 2024 and compare that to what the city's already spent or projected to spend on supporting and caring for asylum seekers. Figures shared with reporters last month showed that from August of last year, when asylum seekers started to first arrive through this December, the city projects it could be spending upwards of $360 million. And so that was, I think, you know, a point consternation for several of the alder persons who voted against this um, alder person Anthony Beal you know said he had three reasons for voting against it and all three were this isn't a balanced budget um, and he was really had some strong words saying, you know we're spending migrant money like a madman and really pressing for what are we going to do you know come spring where this money might run out are we just banking on the federal and state government to give us money and that he didn't feel that was a sufficient response but the alders who are against this are not saying, let's do more for migrants. Um, you know, what is their their argument if there isn't enough money that is, you know, being poured in to help the city with this crisis? What, what do yeah. they want? Mm -hmm. I think that's been where it's, I think lots of people have acknowledged the city, um, even alder persons who maybe, you know, aren't totally on board with wanting to see necessarily winterized base camps or things like that acknowledging we're kind of in a in between a rock and a hard place that um with limited funds um and trying to just the city's trying to do what it what it can and quickly um and i think you know we also just some of those um kind of long uh you know frustrations we've seen throughout the summer that have really kind of boiled over lately of some older persons, you know, hearing from residents in their area who don't want to see shelters for migrants in their wards or calling for more investments in their own communities. I think that was still some of the, the frustration that some older persons were holding on to. But a majority of older persons, you know, did support this budget despite some of those those concerns and even acknowledging that, you know, this money might not be enough, but at least we're it's trying to do something rather than ignoring the problem was how some people put it. And how long is that $150 million expected to last? It's unclear. Um, you know, there has been some estimates that the city is spending, you know, $40 million a month on, on supporting migrants. Um, the, the city has said they're doing what they can to try to hopefully cut down and save costs. Um, they've been putting out uh, requests for proposals to try to tap local Chicago firms to staff shelters, to provide meal services and shelters. And they point to that as one area that hopefully will provide cost savings. But the city has extended contracts um, with some controversial staffing firms, um, like uh, one that's Kansas-based to staff shelters. And those contracts can go upwards of tens of millions of dollars. And the city has really defended that saying, you know, we need to rely on these contracts in place to ensure we have, you know, people who can staff these shelters 20 
24-7. So it's in flux of, you know, how long this money might last, but the administration has acknowledged it probably won't be enough. And that's why they've been kind of ramping up the pressure on the state and the feds and saying they need to help contribute more so it doesn't only fall on all our shoulders. The mayor is also implementing a stay limit for asylum seekers at shelters. What is that? Yeah, so that was announced um, yesterday after the mayor. Uh, and it was a surprise. Right? It was a surprise. Yeah. After the budget was announced. And there's been very few details on what this is going to look like in practice. Um, so far, the mayor's administration has announced this will be a sort of tiered 60 day shelter stay limit. But they refuse to provide details on, you know, what happens on that 60th day. Is someone, um, you know, just kicked out? Can they reenter the shelter system? Um, you know, one of John and stop deputies did suggest that if someone um, is in the process of looking for housing that they won't be you know kicked out she said no one will be kicked out if they're able to demonstrate that they have made progress with seeking permanent housing um so there's a lot of questions on what this is going to look like in practice they promised more details would be released tomorrow it does follow um what some other cities have done, both New York and Denver, have implemented uh, limits on how long migrants can stay in shelters there. And New York similarly has a, a 60-day limit for, for migrant families and a 30-day limit uh, for single adults. And one of Johnson's, uh, Johnson's some of his uh, administration members and top deputies had recently traveled to New York to look at their operations. And so um, it doesn't seem surprising that after that visit, now we are you know adopting kind of similar measures. The mayor's office has, says it's banking on federal and state support to help with the migrant crisis. And uh, we just learned that Governor J.B. Pritzker is set to make an announcement or just made an announcement um, about sending state funds to Chicago. Uh, have you caught up on that yet? Yeah, so he was, um, you know, I was tuning in a little bit to that announcement and they uh, announced $160 million the state is committing to um, help the city with its response for um, housing asylum seekers. Um, reporting by my uh, colleague, you know, David Kinney says that under the plan, uh, $30 million would be specifically earmarked for an intake center to help process folks a little bit quicker, help them, you know, establish where their final destination will be. Another $65 million would be towards creating a, a winterized, quote, soft shelter site that could offer temporary housing to as many as 2,000 people for up to six months. And then an additional $65 million would go towards other costs like case management, housing assistance, legal services. Um, you know, the, the state was really stressing. They don't operate shelters. That's what the city does. But acknowledging that with temperatures dropping and, and winter coming, that more help is needed, that something needs to be done. So folks are not, um, you know, outside, sleeping outside when temperatures drop. The city has uh, put forward this plan for these quote-unquote winterized base camps um, in large tent-like structures, but we've not seen one actually constructed and, and up and running yet, even though sites have been identified. And uh, the state also announced today that they um, a rental assistance program that they've been providing for asylum seekers um, that initially was providing a total of six months of rental assistance is now going to start to be reduced to just three months. So it, it really seems like a, you know, effort from a city level and a state level to, you know, more aggressively try to move people through the shelter system to try to expedite um you know, folks to get into permanent housing uh, more quickly. But I think there's a lot of questions on what does this look like in practice? Uh, I think a reduction of rental assistance from six months to three months. Um, you know, what do people do if they have not found 
work, if they don't have a work permit after that three months. I think there's a lot of questions on, you know, what this really means for people who um, are going to be navigating this. So it's not just migrants that were in the budget. So let's talk about some of the, the other highlights. And one of them is that Mayor Johnson has decided to skip a property tax increase tied to inflation. And that contributes to the budget gap. Tell us about that. Right. Yeah. So Mayor Brandon Johnson was adamant on the campaign trail. He was not going to increase property taxes and he, he followed through. I think that is one area where we see, um, you know, he, he won a lot of support from older persons that there's not an increase in property taxes, that he's not increasing fines and fees for next year's budget. Um, but the, the city's budget office has said, you know, that that move is contributing to the uh, uh, budget gap by about, you know, $88 million. Um, and that was a, a reason that we saw a couple of alder persons cite like alderman uh david moore saying while it's you know while mayors often you know avoid property raising property taxes to avoid the the political repercussions for example former mary Lori lightfoot she opted out of of her uh, property tax increase that she implemented uh, last year during an election year he stressed you know he feels this is you know, not fiscally prudent and that it's just kicking down the road, perhaps a larger property tax increase to come. And he cited that as as part of his reason for for voting against the budget. Um, so, yeah, that was one of the the major um, things that we saw where he, he held the line on that with one of his campaign promises and followed through. Older people are getting additional staffing, one staffer each, bringing them to four budgeted staffers. Why did they say they needed more staffing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's long been a, a request from older persons saying that, um, you know, they they need more staff to be able to um, accomplish their jobs. You know, older persons have been described kind of as, as many mayors of their wards and, um, you know, they're dealing with everything from, you know, garbage requests to, you know, help dealing with rats in an alley. And so they are kind of that that first kind of line of, uh, you know, defense that maybe a resident turns to when they have issues in their ward and that they've long called for saying we need more staff to do this. I think we've also seen a, a move in city council for um, older persons to, you know, push forward more legislation, be policy oriented. So I think more staff will help them accomplish, be able to do both and and all of those things. And so that was a deal sweetener for older persons. It was not initially in the proposed budget and was added um, in the past month where they will now have funding for for the, that fourth staffer. What were some other last minute items that were added to the budget? Yeah, in addition to the the staffers, we also saw um, Mayor Brandon Johnson's. Uh, he included in his his new budget that was passed yesterday five hundred thousand dollars for a new commission to study reparations, and then an additional five point one million dollars for a new office of reentry. This would be housed within the mayor's office to support formerly incarcerated residents, and a large part of that budget, um, I believe, over four million dollars, would specifically go towards um, doling out grants to organizations. Um, and so those were some of the new additions in addition to the the city clerk's office was included a little bit more funding uh, so they can work on making the city's municipal ID program uh, have an online platform so people can get appointments that way. That's been also a, a lifeline for lots of migrants who need official forms of ID. And because there has been so much demand lately, um, the city clerk's office actually had to cancel some recent events. And so this is, um, you know, a tool that will hopefully uh, expedite just that process of getting these ID cards into people's hands. We're actually going to talk a little bit about that office of re-entry um, later in this hour with Brandy Kanaze. 
Commissioner of the Department of Family and Support Services. Mayor Johnson was able to pretty much keep his promise of not reducing the police department budget, quote, by one penny. How did he make that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where we saw, um, you know, the relying on things like a, a TIF surplus and increased revenue projections to be able to um, keep, you know, pretty much kind of maintain funding uh, for the police department. It uh, increased slightly by 2.9% compared to uh, the 2023 budget. Now the police budget is about $1.99 billion. Um, the cost though will be expected to increase in future years. Uh, there's been, um, you know, a tentative contract agreement reached with the uh, police union. That's ex- estimated to cost uh, $64 million uh, next year alone. The city's budget office said those costs were anticipated. That was budgeted for. That contract is going to feature increased raises, uh, bonuses for all officers. And similarly at the state level, um, there's a bill that has been passed but not yet signed by Governor Pritzker that would um, bring parity to retired police officer pensions. And that is also expected to uh, increase costs by about $60 million. But the city has said that those costs will be accounted for in the 2025 budget. And so that's not something that will be immediately, um, you know, seen in this upcoming budget. Before I let you go, um, I want to talk about the shortfall in CPD. Um, Officials say it's hampering the department's efforts to meet reform goals as mandated by the federal consent decree. How does the budget address those shortfalls? Yeah, a large part of um, what Johnson is doing in the CPD budget is adding nearly 400 civilian positions to the police department. Um, The budget office said, you know, by repurposing sworn officer positions to civilian ones, that will help free up officers to, you know, do the job they were hired for to be put back on the street. And at the same time, the civilian positions are uh, paid at a lower rate. So that helped contribute to cost savings. Um, And CPD officials, they said that among the, the new staff, they will be adding adding um, is going to be uh, additional field training officers, uh, additional detectives, uh, they said 100 more detectives, 100 more sergeants, um, additional staff for a civilian victim services team, for records team. And so um, they really pointed, I think, to some of those efforts of more detectives, more sergeants to help uh, clear clearance rates and to make sure that uh, officers have, have training. Um, and so those were some of the ways that they're kind of um, rethinking the department and the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability, they pointed uh, that to that as a positive of the civilianization of positions, but they did stress, you know, there still needs to be more transparency over CPD's budget, community policing efforts, and that overall there needs to be more capital investments for officers to be able to do their jobs. Tessa, thanks for bringing us up to speed on all these budget issues. Tessa Weinberg is a city government and politics reporter for WBEZ. Thanks so much.